Well, welcome, Christian Challenge. Uh, this is a little different format than we normally use. Um, I'm not sure I'm used to all of this yet, but I'm working to get accustomed to it. The, uh, it seems like it's been about a month. I know it's been one week, but this has been really, uh, really a, a different time of change. Uh, one of the things that's been good is I've been checking in with some of the different folks in life groups, and uh, they are continuing on and having a good time and connecting with one another, be it from all over the world. So that's been a, a good thing. Tonight, we have a special treat. I want to introduce you to uh, someone many of you know, but some of you may not. His name is Harold Bullock. Harold uh, is one of three men who have been uh, major shapers of uh, my perspective, my heart, uh, my attitudes over the years. Uh, Harold is a, a man who was a graduate of uh, uh, USC. He worked back uh, on his doctorate in physical chemistry in the 70s, and then God called him into ministry. And when he did, Harold went on to seminary and then started Hope Church in Fort Worth. And out of that church, they've produced over 80 different churches that have started up around the world. Harold is the originator of uh, the term heart attitudes, and that's what we want to focus on tonight in our time together. Uh, and so I've asked Harold if he would come and he would share some things with us. So Harold, uh, first of all, can, can you give students kind of a brief synopsis of heart attitudes and kind of where that came from to start with? In, in the scriptures in the New Testament, there are a lot of commands. There are dozens of commands. So, some of them are uh, really large scale, and some deal with rather small situations. Uh, and then there's a range in between. Uh, the greatest command probably is the command to love the Lord and to love people. The Greek word is agape, and it means not just um, an emotional love, but a a love that's willing to sacrifice for the, for the other person's best. So I love God. I sacrifice for his best. So, you know, as Christ followers, we, we want to love people, but love actually gets specific. It's one of those, the great overarching command that has all these different levels to it. Uh, the New Testament gives a lot of details actually about what love looks like. And, um, the heart attitudes uh, represent seven things in the full set that are places where relationships really tend to grind. And the New Testament guideline in those places is what the heart attitudes represent. Uh, four of them are about personal relationships. And three of them are about working together in teams or in groups or being a part of family. So, in 1978, we began Hope Church, and we were looking for and a way, a way to try to summarize what kind of relationships we're going to have with people. And um, as I worked through all that, I've, I've been in ministry then about seven years, had gone through seminary, had had a lot of different kinds of ministry experiences. I was praying through and trying to create this foundational level for church life. And uh, these were the seven things that came. Uh, we, could, we could be sort of nitpicky and write all kinds of stuff that the New Testament says, actually. 
but we needed some things that would really guide us, uh, particularly where groups of people working together really just grind on each other. So the first four were basically how we were going to treat each other. They're, they're mid-level, they're broad, broader scope. You could say just love one another. The problem is everyone would fill in their own definition of love then. And some would be scriptural and others would be, well, a little bit less than that. Uh, so these are, these all reflect New Testament commands and uh, they especially affect how we work together, treat each other and work together. So they came out of the foundation of church life for us at Hope Church. And they've turned out to be, uh, they were trans-temporal anyway, because they came out of the New Testament and were 2,000 years later. But they've also turned out to be um, transcultural. A few years back, we sent a team to Northeast India uh, to work among uh, the mountain, the former mountain tribes people. And um, the, it was a, not a hard trip, but you know, it, it demanded some work. And interestingly, our guys met a fellow. He was about five feet tall. His people weren't, weren't very tall, but he was a dynamic, powerful evangelist. I have a picture of him. He's holding a, a long sheet of paper, much longer than the average paper, eight, eight and a half by 11 that we have. <clears throat> And on this long sheet, he's holding it up beside him. It's about half as long as he is. On it are the heart attitudes in five languages. Each one in five languages. Someone had come from the Philippines and taught a seminar where he had been uh, 15 years earlier and had taught about the heart attitudes. He had taken those and used them both for evangelism and follow-up the previous last 15 years. We had no idea about this. You know, Harold, I know as a ministry out here, we have uh, uh, basically incorporated five of the hard attitudes. The one participating in the ministry, we, we kind of consider that a given. If you don't participate, you're not really a part here. Yeah. And so that's one. And then uh, with being college students, most of them don't have financial resources. So we haven't really considered giving to the ministry there as a part. But that that yeah. comes later. That, yeah, comes that comes later. They, uh, they have uh, participated in every other way. And so I know that sometimes, Harold, uh, people try to turn the hard attitudes into a, a set of rules. And, and can you speak to what happens when people try to reduce hard attitudes to just a set of rules? The way the Lord intended things is he himself gave to us terrifically. It was a gift. We, we didn't earn it. He died for us and he rose again. And when we trust him, he, he accepts us personally. That's a gift. We, we do not earn it. And then he puts up with us and boy, we sure don't earn that one. And he's, he keeps on being kind to us. His love has an initiative to it. He doesn't, he, he will discipline us and he, he will punish, but his, his, his initiative is, is to love and care. So the way we, way we taught the heart attitudes and hope, people learn about them. But my wife and I were the first ones to pace set them. And we treated people that way. And most people who were excited about them really didn't know that it was hard to do them. 
So they failed a lot. In the middle of failure, you love people and you help them. And uh, so these things that really spread by leadership example, the truth of scripture, and then people seeing it and wanting it. Every now and then people have tried to turn them into the rules. Well, he didn't clear up a relationship with me uh, or, uh, you know, they, they didn't put the goals and interests of others above their own. So I don't like them. Uh, they're not going to be my friend. Uh, so we've, we've had to work with this over the years, uh, just helping people as they're growing begin to understand uh, this is what we do to other people. And over time, they will learn to do that to us. Whenever, whenever people try to treat them like the rules, uh, they basically dry up and blow away. Uh, love sort of evaporates. Um, the, and everything settles down to rule keeping and list keeping. You know, love doesn't keep a list of wrongs. And then um, next thing you discover is uh, people begin to try to conform. They don't really change hearts. Hearts really change in an atmosphere of love. Outside that, we tend to, we tend to conform. So love evaporates and um, the fun evaporates, stress increases. And so uh, we, we just have to help people get back to no, no, no. Love first, and then we're going to do this, and then we'll help people. And of course, it's a part of our church life. If, you, if you're willing to do the hard attitudes, it's okay. It's fine. If you have struggled, it's fine. We'll help you. You can struggle. That's fine. You can fail. That's fine. But this is the way we walk. Oh, that's great, Harold. Um, you know, Harold, right now, many of our students are kind of displaced all over the place. I mean, a few are on campus. Uh, some are still here in the States, in a lot of different states, and then uh, some are around the world. So living the hard attitudes when we're all together on campus is one thing. Living them within your home when you go back to a different environment, and especially when you go back to a different environment where oftentimes they remember a kid who left, not an adult who came home. Um, how do you live out the hard attitudes effectively at home? In a lot of ways, it's tougher. I remember after, after my, I, I spent the year after my freshman year in summer missions. So I didn't really stay home that long. At the end of my second year, there'd been a lot of change, a lot of growth. I still need to be a whole lot more, but um, I was dreading going home. And I finally had to talk to my dad and I said, uh, you know, dad, I've, I've been running my own schedule for two years now. And I hate to come home and just have to be in at 10 o'clock. And uh, he'd been around the world before he was my age. And he said, I understand. So we'll, we'll work with it. But even at that, when you go home, you know, there's a lot of emotional baggage. Yeah. Uh, you and your brothers and sisters, it may have been a good situation. It may have been tough. Uh, your parents may have handled things well. They, they may have been tough. And then uh, if you listen to other people, you may discover that you're really not that great yourself. So there's a lot of emotional baggage. You, you have to just accept that and work with it. Um, 
And then you have responsibilities you don't have in the dorm. You know, in the dorm, you should not set your room on fire. But at home, mom and dad may expect more than that out of you. Um, and then, you know, the, your roommates, you get a new roommate in the dorm. Actually, they could be a psychopath. But, and, but they look great, and you don't have any emotional baggage from the past with them. But you look at a brother or sister at home, and there's baggage. Actually, my experience was if I would go home, the very walls would tell me who I was. And it wasn't the person I had become. So you fall back into the patterns. Uh, mom and dad do, like you said, Neil, mom and dad pick up really where you left. This is one of the advantages of getting home occasionally uh, through college. I, I got home uh, some, but they dropped a kid off when he was 17 years old. And after a year, I went home and we picked up at 17 years old. And uh, they just don't see the change. And so it, it tends to chafe you. Uh, also, at home, you have to walk before you talk. Uh, you can profess all kinds of things about the Lord Jesus or about changes that you've seen in yourself. And they think you're just going through another phase. Yeah. At home, uh, you, have a, you have an opportunity again and again and again to show the reality of Jesus Christ. You know, at home, you, you actually are in a, an, an authority situation. They've not been at college and that sort of chafes. Uh, but there's, there are going to be all kinds of additional situations to show the reality of Jesus Christ, not by your perfection, but by the fact that you treat people rightly and if you mess up, you clean up. Uh, that, that's very new for a lot of people. So for those of you who are back at home after being on campus, let me say, I feel your pain. <laughs> My heart goes out to you. Uh, you're you're in a you're in a, a kind of pressure cooker, really. Harold, what are some steps, some practical steps that you can think of that students could work on to begin to weave the hard attitudes into the fabric of their lives wherever they are? Things they could begin to do. Uh, one one thought. Uh, actually is a major change in your thinking. Uh, this is very practical, but it's something we tend not to see. However, in the New Testament, it's an assumption that runs all the way through. Here it is. You have to realize that each situation you face comes um, by God's permission. E each one. And I don't understand how all that works. Uh, I discovered years ago that the Lord had put me in personnel services, not in management planning. And I, I tried to live as he says, but I, each situation you face comes by God's permission. And, and actually he is present in the situation and he wants, he wants to relate to you in it. He, he'll actually help you in it. He's, he's there to help. He'll guide you in it. Uh, it took me several years to gain this mentality and uh, it's easy to let it go. So I, whatever situation you're facing at home, whether difficulty with mom or dad or a brother or a sister or just staring at the walls about to go nuts for, with cabin fever, uh, this situation has come some way by God's permission. And in it, you're going to have the opportunity to trust him, first of all, number one. Number two, the opportunity to do what he prefers, not you prefer.
So you, you walk through situations trying to listen. Father, you know, this is from you. I don't understand it, but help me, please. And to show me what you want me to do and give me the power to do it. Uh, he'll help you. Uh, you. You actually have, if you are a Christ follower, you actually have a personal relationship with him. And that personal relationship is real. It is tightly connected. And from it flows power and insight and understanding. So ask him, in each situation, uh, you're going to have the opportunity to do his will. So I would look at it from that point, uh, maybe a little more practically. Uh, if you're interacting with people, if the situation is you need to sweep the floor, well, there's a little bit of hard attitudes in that one. Hmm. But if you're interacting with people, the hard attitudes ought to be on the front burner. I mean, this ought to be in the forefront of your mind. If it's your mother, you look to her interest. In the past, she has looked to your interest. It's especially important you look to the interests of your parents. What are not, not just what do they want you to do, but what's, what are the concerns that are driving them? How can you help with that? Uh, look to their interests and uh, treat them like God wants. Don't lie. Uh, be discreet in how you talk about things, but uh, don't lie. And um, react to whatever difficulty comes up. Uh, react inside by asking God, oh, God, help me. And outside by trying to do what God prefers. If it may be, you, you don't know a whole lot of what God prefers. If so, find some verses in the New Testament that, that show you what to do in specific situations and memorize them. Uh, I did this with anger and uh, several, several other things. Philippians 4, 8 is a great one for when your mind's getting off track. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 are really great for worry. Uh, Philippians, I mean, sorry, Ephesians 4, 25 is great for lying. Lies come so easily to us. And uh, you, can, you can make a list, and you can probably ask friends on the Internet for help if you don't know a lot. Uh, so uh, a couple other thoughts. At, at home, um, help out. You know, we, we have a, one of our, one of the hard attitudes is participating in the ministry. That's church. Um, and uh, giving financially, which is, again, is church. Again, Neil, like Neil said, you, you guys, some of you have money. Most of you wish you did. And uh, your opportunity for giving will come later. Uh, but the, the core thought in all of those is that you, you want to be a help, not a hindrance. You, you want to be a contributor, not just a freeloader. So as you're at home with mom and dad, help with the dishes or do the dishes. Help with the house cleaning, the housework. Uh, you know, in your own dorm room, you get a piece of birthday cake in December. It could be growing green things in April. I'm not sure what they do in the SC dorms now. <laughs> when I was there, I was in a grad dorm and nobody checked that much. At home, it's just not appropriate for your mom to find that. So uh, voluntarily help and fi find out how they want you to help and help. Help with the housework. Uh, help emotionally. When things are really getting tight, pray. Uh, whenever uh, someone has just really told you what kind of awful person you are, your brother, your sister, um, thank them and tell them you'll think it over. Uh, if you mess up, 
you blow it, then clean up, ask forgiveness. Uh, it will not be perfect, but you know, friend, the, the light of Christ Jesus can shine so brightly through you into your home life. I'd really encourage you, ask the Lord for help and, and the insight to see situations and then take advantage of them. That's great, Harold. You know, Harold, one of the things I was thinking about out here was that this, even this virus, just what you were saying has passed through the hand of God yeah. when it came to us. And I thought, you know, one of the thoughts I had this week is, boy, we have really gotten rid of some distractions. We don't have uh, sports to watch. We don't have movies to go to. We don't have places to gather. We don't have so many of the things that would distract us from focusing on what God wants us to be about. So ultimately we can figure out during this time, if we're not doing it, it's probably because we don't want to. Yeah. And you know, and so, I mean, uh, how would you say, um, as you're, as you're speaking to students, there are there, are there things that um, you would commend them during this time, uh, things that you would suggest for them to focus on and, and to do during this time? Yeah, I would, I would focus on, uh, I think, first of all, uh, the fact that God's there with you. Hmm. I ran across the idea that God was with me all the time. And I was never out of his presence. So sometimes driving down the freeway in LA, I would just start talking to God and telling him what my heart, what, what was on my heart and what I was concerned about and talk to him like he was a person sitting there because he was a person. He wasn't sitting there, but he was a person and he was on board. Uh, so this, this is one thing, uh, practice talking to him and just telling him your heart and asking him for help. Uh, the father loves that. Um, another thing, uh, get, get some time in scripture if you can. Uh, do some reading that would really help you. Uh, some of the, some of the most, one of the most profitable books is the book of Luke and then the book of John. They're right after each other. And then you can pick any of the smaller letters in the New Testament and they've got great insight to work on. So you might do that. Uh, this is probably going to be one of the most undeceived time periods in your whole life. So ask God to show, show you about himself and about life. Um, you, can, you can get way ahead in your understandings of God by just reading, reading scripture. If there's a, a book or two that you've really needed to read and you've never gotten to, uh, read it. I, I would pick something that deals more with life than with the possibility of life on some planets that might exist around another star. <laughs> It'll just be a lot more help to you. The other stuff's fun, but this will just be more help to you. And uh, ask, I, if I were you and at home, I would ask God, God, let me see my father's heart. Lord, let me see my mother's heart. Let me see what's important. And Father, let me see my brother and my sister's heart. Let me see into who this person is. And let me know, oh God, how to be a blessing to them. Let me, show me how I can actually be of some help and encouragement. Thank you so much, Harold. I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to give to us and taking the time to, to share with students. I know that... Uh, 
you and my life have been uh, probably one of the greatest encouragements and one of the uh, uh, most profound shapers of things within my life. And I really appreciate that. And, and I really appreciate you giving your time here to us uh, this evening. So thank you for doing that. Oh, you're most welcome, Neil. Any, hang, on, uh, hang on, Trojans. There's good yeah. stuff ahead. <laughs> That's right. Any final thoughts you have for folks, Harold, at all? Yeah, this one other thing. If you are, if you can't figure out what to do, make a list. Make a list of the ten most helpful verses you can find in the New Testament, or ask your friends for great verses that have helped them, and then start memorizing. Uh, you memorize by going over and over and over the verse again. Yeah, they're they're not computer programs that make it easier. They'll leave out words, and you can fill them in. Uh, however, you do it. Um, get these into your head. Uh, all the verses you memorize are like uh, keys on the keypad on your computer. Uh, if all you know is John 3.16, then the Lord will use that in your life. But if you're in a desperate situation where you got to know this way or that, there's only one keypad there for God to keep it. Uh, they become like commands, direction commands. The Holy Spirit can touch one and you have the insight that you really need to deal with situations. So I really encourage you, store away some verses. That's great. Thank you again so much, Harold. We really appreciate you giving the time. You're very welcome, Neil. Guys, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. I hope it was helpful for you, and I hope it's uh, uh, really productive as you think through how to take the hard attitudes and really bring them to whatever situation you're in there living them out, and um, may those really be something that are real heart attitudes. They really begin on the inside, and, and they impact and affect every area of your life. A couple of uh, things uh, for you. If you want to let us know uh, about how you're doing, or if there's specific things we can be praying for, please uh, send that to us. You can uh, you can text us. You can send that to, you can DM us on the uh Instagram, or uh, you can let us know on Facebook, you can let us know uh, in email, whatever way would be helpful for you. And also uh, check in with your life groups, with your freshman connection groups, because they are looking forward to connecting with you and seeing you. Uh, if there's ways I can be praying for you personally, uh, please uh, feel free to let me know that. And I would love to be praying for you during this time. So thank you again, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again uh, next week on this. Thank you.